Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 42. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing pretty great. Um, feels like a quick turnaround this week. So we uploaded a little late, but what's happened? Socks are still rolling. Big, big couple of series against the AL East. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, if you are a regular listener of this show, I'm sure you've immediately noticed that the audio is a little bit different. Gardner is in the middle of nowhere, I assume. <laughs> and it's gonna... connected by cell phone. So, yeah, this this episode might be a little bit all over the place. Many of you guys a little warning now. I'm in the middle of Wyoming, uh, middle of of the trees. I'm actually sitting at the top of a tree right now. Uh, don't have my microphone. Using my phone. I've been up since two forty five. Had a huge hike this morning, so pretty tired. But uh, anything anything for Gone Bridge. So uh, just a little fair warning. Audio might be a little weird. Connection might most definitely will probably be pretty choppy, but. Uh, listen, I've, I've stayed on top of the sock stuff, so ready, ready to talk some game. Yeah, so just bear with us, and we're going to get into it, I guess. We talked and a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah, we talked a little bit since the All-Star break last episode. Touched on one game of the Yankees series because the first game got postponed. That was not my favorite series of the year, for sure. I don't know about you guys, but I – preferred if it didn't happen but it was all right i i think looking back at other series this year i would say that there were there were better ones definitely for sure probably the first two against the yankees i think were better um i would i would yeah we basically we we basically lost to the the scranton wilkes bear uh i don't even know what their name is but basically the yankees triple a team basically lost to them they had guys out there First base, right field, center field. Like I didn't, I didn't know who these guys were. Like five through nine in their lineup was an absolute mess. And somehow they got their first win of the season against us. Took two out of three, even though the Saturday game was an absolute joke. I know we'll talk more about that one, but um, listen, they bounced back since then. But that series was not not great. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Garney kind of nailed it there. That first game, they looked pretty good. You know, just score four. And that they did. And then second game, you know, Yankees kind of got a little lucky. That weird delay, you know, they kept kept letting them go. And then when it was so bad and the Yankees were ahead, they decided to call the game. I don't know. Seemed a little fishy to me. But, you know, and then game three, they just kind of. Yes, Gardner. I totally agree with whatever you just said. I think that was a great point. I'm glad you, you brought it up. So, yeah, uh, thanks to Gardner for adding in that little tidbit. Um, but, yeah, and then game three, they just got smoked. I don't uh, know what you just said, man. I, I just cut out. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. No, yeah, we're just going to power through. This, this. episode is going to be such a mess. Keep going. Keep we're going to power through. Anyway, like I was saying. Uh, that, I'll, I'll pretend like. Yeah, the rainy game was nonsense. That Steve? honestly made me so just physically angry at what I was witnessing. It was absolutely dumping rain in Yankee Stadium for the majority of the game. 
Hero Saw comes in in the bottom of the sixth, I think. It is torrential downpour. It could not, I, I don't believe, I'm not a weatherman, nor am, have I ever claimed to be, but I don't believe. No, no, you, you claimed once to be. I don't, you did once. I don't think that's true. You don't remember that? Oh, you weren't Channel 5? Channel 5 Durham? You were all over that for a week. Hey, uh, nope, don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, Hirokazu Saramura came in. It was raining so ridiculously hard that I don't, I don't think he even could feel the ball in his hand because it was just so unbelievably wet. As Garrett Cole would say, for Pete's sake, what is he supposed to do? And he let up two home runs, and that was not cool. Awesome. He did. Um, yeah, I mean, just to add on to the infer- like just the, the pure rage that that game caused me, um, that fan threw that ball at Alex Verdugo, a dickhead yeah, in that was left field, hummed the ball right at Alex Verdugo. Fuck that guy. Fuck like, that no guy. reason to do that at all. Alex did Verdugo, you guys see the video? One of the nicest guys in baseball. No reason. No reason ever. One of the nicest guys in baseball. Hasn't even done that much damage to the Yankees compared to others. And this dude just turns around. He was tossing a ball to a kid. Turns it right up, right back around. Did you guys? Yeah. Did you see the video of like, uh, like of him getting thrown out? Like he, he was such a coward. Like he, he sat down. Like everybody else in the entire section was like standing up, and he was sitting down trying to like, kind of hide himself. Obviously, got chewed out by everybody, even by the Yankees fans. Which I mean, I give him credit for that. Like they they weren't even letting that fly on their home park. I mean, pretty disgusting thing to see. Um, and yeah, now he's banned from all all thirty ballparks forever. So that that is that stinks. I have two things to add to this. Number one is that apparently, allegedly, the fans sitting around the guy who threw it said that it wasn't intentional, and that somehow they knew it wasn't intentional prior to him releasing the ball, which is nonsense excuse, excuse, poor, poor excuse. If you're going to throw the ball, he'd make a good, he'd make a good, he'd make a good fielder then in the outfield. If he's got that good of an arm, I mean, I don't want to, yeah, I mean, I don't want to point fingers here, but if he, if he's not even trying to throw it that accurately and he is like sign this man to a minor league contract, someone you're throwing a baseball in the vicinity of another human being regardless of whether or not you wanted to hit him, you have to understand that there is a good chance that you're going to hit the guy that's standing in the general area that you're throwing a baseball pretty hard, mind you, because he wasn't in the first row. He was pretty far back there. Like Gardner was just alluding to, he had to put some mustard on that thing. Like a Fenway Frank, he had to put some mustard on that thing to get it into the outfield and just nail Dougie in the back. And that was not cool. I think Cora did a good job taking his guys off the field. Pretty gross, if you ask me. And then another thing, just a general question, not really general. I got to say, overall, I thought – sorry. <laughs> this is going to be an absolute marathon of an episode. What's up? <laughs> you just I have no idea what you just said, man. Some, 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 some – uh, some uh, like elk just ran up into the tree with me, so I kind of cut out there. The co- you should honestly, 
try and catch it and tie your phone to its antlers as like an extension, like an antenna extension. Maybe that might help your reception a little bit. But it might, you know, this Wyoming, Wyoming's really giving Maine a run for its money right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I would, I would double down on that. That is, <laughs> but the question I have is this guy's banned from all 30 ballparks. If there was ever to be an expansion franchise in Nashville or other, is he, or Wyoming or Wyoming, which would be a terrible decision and MLB yeah. would never do that. Would this guy be allowed to go to that one ballpark or is he just automatically banned from there too? I think the better Boston? question is, is can this man go to minor league ballparks? I don't, I don't need to see him at like, a Woo Sox game. No, like thanks. are we going to see this guy pestering the Woo Sox at Polar Park? The ML, uh, MILB, I think that is the acronym. The MLIB is a different thing than the MLB. So I don't think that he is banned from those parks now. I, I have no idea. So my understanding, because a lot of people made a good point. They're like, how if he goes to like a game in Colorado, are they going to be like, oh, that's the guy who threw the ball at Alex Verdugo. I guess the bottom line is, is that they're not. And that he can he can still go to these games, but if he gets caught there or like messes up and do does something bad again, like he's going to jail. Like basically, if he gets caught on MLB grounds, like yeah, trespassing exactly. So like he can go, but like, dude, you're you're playing with fire. So, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. And the other thing I wanted to bring up about this was, uh, I think it was 2018 we saw. When the Red Sox were playing the Yankees, Stan hit a home run up into the monster there. And that guy threw it back on the field and it ended up hitting Stan. And uh, I mean, a lot of people were like, well, what's it like double standard here? Like, why is, well, first of all, Verdugo's got his back turned and this guy's hucking a ball at him. And second of all, the guy from the monster, once the ball hit Stan, it like rolled up and hit his ankle. Like, it was a heck of a throw, obviously. Uh, and and, you know, I think it was also kind of the way the media portrayed it because that was all over, like, ESPN was like, what a throw from this fan. Like, like obviously, you're not going to see that from the Verdugo thing. So, um, yeah, a little bit of, of different uh, implications between the two two throws. But, yeah, hopefully we won't see anything, anything more like that again. It's an interesting point. I did not even think about that time that Stanton got hit. And the situation was different too, because this was Dougie was in between innings pretty much. He was just trying to get set for the first batter of the inning. Stanton had just hit a bomb into the monster and was rounding second base. And the only time where it really is ever acceptable, at least in the fans' eyes, it's never acceptable to throw anything on the field in the MLB's eyes. But in the fans' eyes, you're usually it's acceptable to throw the ball back that the away team hit into the stands in your home ballpark because you're like, get out of here, Yankees. I don't want this. That's the whole thing. This guy absolutely hucked it like a hundred yards, hit Stanton rounding second. That was a moving target. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. No, it was an impressive throw. And I mean, honestly, if I was Stanton, I'm doing the same thing as him. Like I'm tipping my hand. Like, Hey man, that's impressive. And same thing. Yeah. If I'm Verdugo, if I'm Verdugo, yeah, exactly. But if I'm Verdugo, like I'm pissed off. Like, that's unnecessary. Like the stand one that like that rolled up and hit him. Like, again, not ideal. I think if you throw a ball 
onto the field, whatever the circumstances, it's an auto ejection. So, I mean, it is, uh, you throw anything on the field, but you get some high fives around you. Maybe someone buys you a beer, you know, I will say that I think I've told this story on the podcast before when I was at the Astros Red Sox playoff game in 2017 in Fenway, Carlos Correa hit a ball into center field bleachers around where I was sitting and somebody threw the ball back and everybody like he got thrown out. Everybody booed the the guy, the usher throwing him out. And then like an inning and a half later, he came back somehow with the usher and everybody was like, he's back. So I don't know what the story was with that. Garner's completely frozen right now. So can't wait for him to check back in. Goss, you want to just talk about the Toronto series? Cause that first Yankee series was just not great. Yeah. I don't think Garner's coming back. I think there might be an elk that took over. Yeah. He's going to come back and he's just getting trampled. Ah, he's gone. And elk guard elk. They've taken over. So yeah. Toronto series. The bats were just unre- like unbelievably hot. If I remember right. Oh, yeah. They could not be hotter, to be honest with you. No. I mean, every time... I mean, in game one, every time I looked up... Let me see how many homers there were in that game. Because it was just a firestorm over the fence. four or five. Four or five. Let's see. But, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this right now... Which you definitely are if you're hearing me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time that I think that we're going to have the majority of an episode be just two members of Gone Bridge. Right now, it's just going to be me and Clausen. I think for the foreseeable future, as Andrew th- has no connection. I think so. It's pretty crazy. Kind Nuts. of a milestone in it, in it of itself. Where is this? All right, so Duran homered, Renfro, all in the, mind you, all on the top of the first. So Duran, Renfro, Hernan, Kike, Devers, Danny Santana, and then Kike again. So they had six homers. Is that good? I mean, that would be like a lot for a series. If you had six homers in a three-game stretch, like that would be a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I was pretty enjoyed one night. Watch. One night. I quite liked that game. The the Blue Jays aren't looking too hot these days. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Toronto, I figured it would be a, a second-half team because they have George Springer coming back. He's he's good to go. And then Vladdy was just ridiculously hot at the plate in the first half. And then Teoscar Hernandez, correct me if I'm wrong, was a starter for the All-Star game. Yeah, and Marcus Simeon was also pretty good. I think he might have started as well. Yeah, I mean, their pitching is just – it's kind of always been the case where they're pitching – has been the Achilles heel of the team. And I think it's going to happen to him again. But I figured they would be hotter coming out the gate in the second half. I mean, yeah, it's always been, at least for this season, the Blue Jays can beat you by outslugging you, but it's never going to be a pitcher's duel. But if the other team hits six home runs against you, there's a 99% chance you're not going to outslug them. And Gardner right. is going to attempt to re-enter this call so is he yeah here he is we'll uh we'll see how this goes unless i hit the wrong button no he's joining he's here he comes he's coming in the second game against the blue jays got postponed because 
of storms in Buffalo or wherever they are, because I think they're going to move stadiums again soon. I don't really care about that though, because are they moving back? They're moving back to Toronto though, right? Are they? They went from Florida That's what I thought. to Toronto. Is that the case? Yeah, I think I think you're right, actually, Clausen. But yeah, postponed. Yeah, home op- homecoming next week. I'm pretty excited about that. It's cool. It's cool stuff. I love the Rogers Center. Like a, a good city. I like that they're back. I always think it's weird that they're in Buffalo. Like, there's just something about it that just is weird to me. So I think them going back, I don't know that it's actually going to make them play any better. I have a hot take. Yep. Um, Guess who's back? Yeah. Back again. She's back. She's back. All right. I have a hot take about Toronto and their minor league home stadium. That that was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., not senior, is going to have a rough second half of the year because he is not going to be playing half of his games in a park with no stands in the outfield. And you, I don't think the casual fan generally, excuse me, thinks that having the visual of the fans in the stands when you're trying to track the ball is that big of a deal to a hitter. But I think it is, especially for a young kid like Vladdy, who is now really comfortable. And I know he's playing half his games on the road and all that nonsense, but bear with me. I think that he's going to fall off a little bit and he's still going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be as good because he's not going to be playing half his games in a minor league stadium. I don't know. Vladdy to me is a professional hitter at this point. Yeah, I think he always has been. And he's not he's not one of those wall scraper guys. He's not gonna put him like three fifty so they just go over the wall. Like if he hits it, it's going four hundred. Well, that's why it's called a hot take Lawson and not a medium temperate take. I do I do know a, a thing room temperature about takes. Takes. Yeah, a room that is not a hot take that I would take because I don't think that's a good one. All right. I guess we'll see. So what uh what have we covered since I since literally the whole Wi Fi in the building now? Or in the trees. Some some bison just chewed off my antenna. We're now on game what would have been game three of the Toronto series had game two not. Oh, game three. We won. We won that game. Yeah, we did. We won that wow. series. Wow. That's crazy. Uh yeah, I don't have too much on that. All I know is uh Red Sox scored more runs than the the Buffalo Blue Jays. And uh, that that in my book and the MLB's book counts as a as a point in the win column. So that's that's where I'm at in that game. The Boston Red Sox beat the Buffalo Blue Jays seven to four. And as we said in game one, they scored they hit six home runs in game one, and in game two, I guess, I guess they had five. They had uh, five. Yeah, they had five. Yeah, Devers had. I think two in the series, right? Renfro had one. Yeah, Kike had, had one. Kike had three. That's right. Um, trying to think, did JD have one? JD did, in fact, have one. He had a, he had a jumbo dong. He did. Uh, um, did Marwin hit one too? Or no, Marwin's hurt. I'm an idiot. Yeah, Marwin did not. Danny Santana got one in game one. Yeah, and then promptly decided to go back to the injured list. He was like, "I'm going to be good for one game, and then I'm going to bat and more like it." Head out. Yeah. Hey, Clausen, Franchi's back. I was just about to mention, you know what that means? The franchise (laughs) is back on the roster, finally. Our guy, mostly Clausen's guy. Not really my guy. No, it's Clausen's guy. Yeah, not really my guy. 
He's on pace for 1.8 home runs. People forget about that. People do forget that. Is he going to play first base? He is a first baseman now. I don't know how permanent that's going to be, but he was in Worcester. Outfield's kind of crowded now. You know who? Yeah, I I can't really see him getting many reps in the outfield. You know who? Uh, you know who also hit a home run? Who we haven't even talked about yet? Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran hit his first major league home run. I think it was what in game game two slash three there, whatever you want to call yep. that. Yeah, um, oh, it was in game one. It was game one. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, was it in game one? Yeah. In uh, Oppo Oppo Taco. I don't even remember, but it was a nice little Oppo shot. Um, you know, took the ball to the other field. He's been he's been doing all right. He got on his wheels last night to score that tying run, which was great. And uh, he has plus speed for sure. Plus speed. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's something that the Red Sox have kind of been lacking this year. You know, obviously without Mookie, uh, without Jackie, without Benintendi, like all three of those guys were probably three of the fastest guys on the 2018 team. So without them, can run though. Like on the base path, he never like could get bags. Yeah, but like he's better than like Marlon Gonzalez or I'm trying to think like probably Fran. Actually, Franchi's pretty fast. Hunter Renfro's got like sneaky speed, but nothing fast. Um, but yeah, wait, I, I like, what's up? This performance by Duran is exactly what you predicted, right? You you knew he was gonna yeah, come, it's a, and you yep. knew he was gonna perform, right? Well, well, my take started with the fact that I totally predicted that we would see lots of Jaron Duran this year. That that I said definitely two episodes ago. I was hot on that train. And then I followed that up by saying he's going to hit a home run in Buffalo for his first career home run. Uh, and if you don't believe me, go back and listen to every episode we've ever released, and you'll find it somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. It's somewhere. somewhere. Everyone. Just got to download them all, and then it'll come out. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, that's what he said, right? Yeah, it's like he said it's a little. Awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely said that. That's he, he said. Uh, Jaron Duran is going to come up this year. Can you uh, imagine? I do, if... I do believe he said we would not see Jaron Duran this year. Oh no, I did not say that. No, no, I think I remember that. Now that Clausen said it out loud, I Whoa. think I remember Gardner saying that we wouldn't, would not, wouldn't contraction of would not. The Jaron Duran. In... No need to be throwing French language around here, Steve. How's that French? I don't know. That's that's raw dog English, bro. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Every time I every time I'm gonna say wouldn't now I'm just gonna hear raw dog English in my ear. Yeah, that's dude. That's just English. That no filters. Raw dog in some English. I was dude. But yeah, I mean, you know, you just said we weren't going to see Jaron Duran, and then we saw Jaron Duran, a.k.a. the Wolf. He was hungry that night, and he got a home run. I feel bad for Gardner now, because not only does his internet suck in Wyoming or whatever other... I think that you're mistaking that for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it was the guy that the thing, made all the my thing is, preseason is that, predictions. Maybe yeah, you know, Austin, it might have done that. I think it was. We got a fourth person in here somewhere. Yeah. Made all of yeah, who... predictions and then made that take for Gardner. Mm-hmm. He made my yep. World Series matchup. He made my World Series matchup too. Yeah, he made mine. Uh, yeah, he certainly made Clausen's. Certainly. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, well, listen, now that Duran's up, I'm happy that he's up. 
I personally just didn't think we'd see him this year. I mean, obviously, Danny and Marlon go down. They're both hurt right now. Uh, giving him and Franchi and, and Chavis a little more opportunity to, to prove themselves on the big league team. And the other thing that we've seen this past week, too, which uh, after the series against the Yankees, uh, when the offense was scuffling a little bit, which we hadn't seen all year, was Alex Cora started to mix up mix up the, the middle of the lineup a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's you know, good stuff. That's good yeah. Stuff. He, moving Verdugo down to, I think he was in sixth or seventh the other night, like Duran up in the two hole. Um, he did not Durant, mess with three three six though. Is did not mess with three three six. What's that? He didn't. He didn't touch three three six. I don't know how you can. Yeah. No, he did. No, he did. He moved it around. He moved JD down to five. He moved. Uh, I think Rathy was hitting two one game. Um, I mean, he switched him around a little bit. Same guys though. What was it yeah. usually? But I, I think that I think that. Well, it was no, it was JD JD three, Xander four, Devers five. But overall, well, I think uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a hot take here. It's gonna be another hot take. Jaron Duran hot take. I think Jaron Duran is uh is leading off for this lineup opening day twenty twenty two. I think that he's gonna be the leadoff hitter of the future for the Red Sox, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just – he seems to make the lineup a lot deeper, especially if he's hitting second there. You know, he's got a little uh, – somebody mentioned this. He's got a little Jacoby Ellsbury in him. So, if he can – I don't know how much of a – we'll see how he pans out, but if he can play like Ellsbury did before he went to the Yankees and then disappeared, that would be – that's a really great piece in the outfield. I don't think that's a hot take, Gardner. I think that's uh, – You don't think it's that hot? Maybe I, that's a – that's a room temperature take. It's I think room that most take. people are saying that Jaron Duran is not only going to be the opening day leadoff starter of 2022, but he's going to be our leadoff hitter come playoff time. I think that would have been a, a semi-hot take, but I think that's the mindset a okay. lot of people have been adopting. Listen, if he keeps it up, I, I see no reason. Like uh, 2017 when we called – uh, Rafi up. He was in middle of the lineup, um, you know, for the playoffs that series against the Astros. Same thing when we called up Ben Intendi in 2016. Uh, he was he was starting games there. I don't remember where he was hitting. I think he was lower in the lineup, but against that series against the uh, the the Guardians uh, in 2016, he was uh, he was raking. We'll talk more about that. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. The the Lindors, the Cleveland Lindors. Yeah, but that being said, I do believe that come playoff time, Jaron Duran will own the leadoff spot. However, Kike Hernandez could not possibly be banging any harder than he's currently banging right now. So I don't know how you would justify moving anybody man loves the into the leadoff spot besides Kike Hernandez. I, don't, I mean, right now it just would be – blasphemous nonsense ridiculousness to have anybody lead off for this team other than Kike Hernandez. As of right now, you can't, but it's a good problem to have because all year, and when Kike went down with that injury there, we were struggling to find a leadoff guy. Oh, and that, that was the other thing as a Royal got hurt again this past week, which stunk. Uh, man's just freaking got initiated at first base on his first play there and 
tore his tore his groin open, but Christian Arroyo needs to get on the yeah, Tom Brady. I think this method. is his third time on the does. Start doing pliability. Yeah, I know. Pliability. Pliability. I felt I felt really bad for Alex Cora there because um they they I think that was they were playing with the Yankees that game, I think. No. When he got hurt? I'm trying to remember who they were playing. I think it was against the Yankees. I think it was the but then, series against yeah. the Yankees. Was it? Yeah. So they mic'd him up and they were like, you know, why uh like any updates on Arroyo? And like this is how good of an uh, of a manager Alex Corey is, is he genuinely was like, you know, like I felt really bad. I thought I thought it would be a good decision to put him at first base tonight. And he, he went full out on a play and hurt himself. So he was like, he earned the at-bats. He needed to be in the lineup. You know, obviously first base has been the spot where the team's kind of been struggling this year with the bat. Uh, and he was like, I put him in and he got hurt. And, you know, he, he really genuinely felt bad. And it just, I mean, that's a sign of a, a really strong manager, in my opinion. Just, you know, he's, he's ride or die on his guys. But yeah. now we have a new first baseman. By the name of Franchi Cordero. New to first base. Not really new to the Red Sox. New What's that? It'd be like the Hanley Ramirez experiment. Uh, you know would be which worked out so well. It, uh, Hanley Ramirez at first base did work out pretty well. Hanley, Hanley at first base was good. Hanley in left was... field was maybe the worst decision that has ever been made in the history of baseball. I liked first base Hanley. I did not. Han- I remember the. I loved first base Hanley. First base Hanley could break too. That was the one too. thing I remember with that offseason. Go ahead, Carter. Yeah, he he almost made an All Star team one of those years. He had a. No, I was just gonna say I remember in that offseason. So obviously, 2013 they win the World Series, and then 2014 they lose Ellsbury, and they they kind of have a flop year. So 2015 they're coming to prove themselves again, and within like 10 minutes they sign two third basemen, and they're like, oh well, we can only play one of them at third base. Hanley was. A- we're gonna have to play the one who can't run. So we're gonna have to put. Was he a shortstop? Well, we had Xander, anyways. So, um, but still, I remember they were just like, "Oh, we'll just throw him in left. It'll be fine." It was not. It was not fine at all. Worse than Manny. Defensively in left, worse than Manny. <laughs> yeah, without question. You think I mean, Manny, they Manny at least should have stuck Pablo in left? Manny at least had. I think we should have stuck Pablo in a space shuttle and sent it into the sun. That's where I think he's Pablo. But yeah, I where mean, do you think would be the most hilarious position to see Pablo Sandoval play? Center field. Center field. Center yeah, field. So it's got to be, got to be the outfield. But I also think his range, because that's and shortstop would be pretty bad. That's just embarrassing. Bad for the brand, honestly. If you're Pablo Sandoval, I feel like it would be hilarious to see him as a catcher. No, he, he played catcher. I feel like he would be hilarious as a catcher. He'd just sit on his ass behind home plate. He has what? started games in the MLB as the catcher. No way. There's no way that guy knows how to how to squat. I, I I'll don't believe right now. Uh Pablo Sandoval. All right. Yeah, he uh he, I know I knew he played catcher. Hey, Clausen, I got a question for you. Yeah, he did. Did he really? 
Yeah. Uh, um, Clawson, quick question. What's up? Um, so I'm out, I'm out here in Wyoming, man, uh, middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm pretty hungry, but there's no grocery stores around. So how, how would I go about getting food out here? Like, I, I'm going to have to start eating trees pretty soon. I mean, I think just where you are in the entire country, I don't think that there's a chance that you can do anything but hunt your food. Yeah. If there's no grocery stores around, I don't think yeah, that I'm in a our thing would work yeah well well okay better way to phrase this i have no car to get to a grocery store there's probably one within a hundred miles maybe one but if i were to try to get food from there and i didn't have a car how would i do it um i mean in your situation again i think you'd have to like hop on the back of a bison or something try and tame it dude i i almost yeah, honestly, not a bad idea. I saw a couple this morning. These things are big. Uh, again, I, I'm all for the MLB putting an expansion team out here. Maybe you write uh, in the Yellowstone Hot Springs, and you could have a hot spring in center field that goes off every 30 minutes. You're pretty uh, cool. Just an idea, maybe a bison eating the grass, keep keeping it trimmed down. But, uh yeah, I, I've I have heard of this company called Instacart. I don't know. Maybe do they do anything? Well, I mean, certainly not in Wyoming, but back in civilization where we live, you could order through Instacart. And if you don't know already, Instacart oh, okay. is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to pick a hand hand pick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish, or while you're sitting watching the Sox game, not in Wyoming, because I don't think there's anything in Wyoming. Order it through Instacart with delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, see details in your area. They'll help you save money. And every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. They always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece. And to spark your summer celebration, you're going to get free delivery on your first order over $35 with Instacart. Delivery subject to availability in terms of apply. Obviously, if you're in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, then you probably can't get Instacart like one Andrew Gardner. Use the link in our show notes for the offer and help support the Gone Bridge Boys. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. So this week's show is brought to you by Billy's Bison Rides. If you're out in the middle of nowhere and need help to get somewhere, call up Billy. He will deliver a bison right to your door. You got to find a way to get on the thing. Uh, and you also got to find a way to, uh, to navigate where you want to go, but Billy's bison, uh, service, they are uh, the ones sponsoring the show this week. Yeah. Billy's bison rides. Exactly. Yeah. So if you need to, if you need to go 10 miles down the road, get your ride on the bison, you know, it probably, probably not be very fast. I can't imagine, but, uh, it's an option. Get out there. Watch out, Rideshare Services. Billy's Bison Rides is on the prowl. <laughs> All right. On its tail. Um, Let's segue so besides to the Yankees game last night. Not talked about it yet. Wait, wait, Steve. Steve. What? What? Did, uh, wait, the Red Sox and the Yankees played last night? 
Yeah, they played. They played. Oh, really? Yeah. What yeah. uh, what what happened? I, I I have no idea what happened. Oh, what happened? You want you want to know what happened? Yeah. And they're well. Well, one thing. I, well, hold on. One thing I know that could not have happened. Like literally, no chance. There is no way that the Yankees pitcher in the tenth inning would throw. Well, first of all, there's no way the game would go to absolute. But if it did, no, here, no here, way the Yankees pitch. Wait, 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 got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. What's what? What? You tell me what happened, and I'll. But I'll give you a little piece of information. Going into, I don't. Well, the bottom on. of the night. I don't know what happened. No, no. You uh, tell tell me what you think happened. Going to the bottom of the I'm night. Just ta- I'm just talking. I'm just telling you. There's no way. It- there's no way a Yankees pitcher threw four wild pitches in one inning. That could not have happened. Going that to I know. Bottom of the ninth, Gardner. The Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, were down three, two, one to the New York Yankees. Wait, I'll- like three, two, one? There were three teams playing. Three to one. Three, two, one. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know if the the Guardians got got thrown but, in there. But Gardner, not only going into the bottom of the ninth where they down two runs, but going. While they were in the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees got one out, right? And it was still a two-run ball game. Then the Yankees right. got and Aroldis, and Aroldis Chapman, their all-star closer, was closing out the game, right? Uh, no, he was not. Yeah. yeah. What? I don't think he was. No. Seems like an obvious safe situation, right? You would think that. Yeah. Two run. You kind of just tripped me up, too, because I was like, gee, am I confused? But I'm not. I mean, Chad Green. It was Chad Green. Chad Green? Wow. Yeah. I think it was Chad Green. But either it doesn't really matter. It's just another irrelevant lookalike face on the Yankees because they are not the same person. They they all do look like. Um, Yeah, two outs, bottom of the ninth. It's a two-run ball game. Two men on. Kike Hernandez steps up to the plate and just – ropes a line drive into the gap, the left a center field gap. And the Sox scored two runs. Jaron Duran got on his horse. You mean his bison? His bison. Showed a little yeah. speed. Was able to come all the way home. All the way home. And then the Red Sox tied the game up. One to extra innings. Matt Barnes got a ground ball to himself and then a fly out to left field. And that, due to the extra inning roll, somehow resulted in a run for the New York Yankees, which is a tough beat if I do say so myself. A ground ball to the pitcher and a left field fly out results in a run for the New York Yankees. Sorry, Matt Barnes. But fear not, because... The Yankees don't know what a strike zone is, and they don't know that they're supposed to throw the ball the catcher's mitt. I don't know. What do you guys think they could possibly have been thinking at that moment in time? They must have been thinking they were pitching at John Carlos Stanton because that got a swing in anything. I, I would venture that guess as well. John Carlos Stanton sees a pitch, and he's like, this is coming right down right down the cockpipe and then it, it bounces seven feet in front of play. And he's like, what well, the hell? The other thing I, I remember Alex Rodriguez was talking about it of all people on Sunday night baseball. He was saying that John Carlos Stanton gets up to the plate and looks like he is not ready to swing at like the first three pitches. 
Like he's just standing there waiting for him to waiting for him to come by. Yeah, he watches three pitches, yeah. hits the panic button, and goes, "Okay, no matter what, I'm going to swing." And then he swings and misses. Sounds about right. But yeah, Yankees threw like a billion wild pitches. Don't look that up because they did. You can believe me. A billion wild pitches. And the Red Sox scored two runs, won the game 5-4. to four. Uh, Tanner Houck started that game last night, I do believe, and looked quite solid. Pitched well. He got a swinging mm-hmm. hit-by-pitch on, like, Brett Gardner or something. That was cool. Slider is just too disgusting. Tanner Houck looks good. Him and Garrett Whitlock are going to be some solid long relief pitchers in the playoffs i say i don't know if that's exactly how they're going to be used because i'm not alex cora but if they are used like that i think it's going to be good stuff gwod good stuff and uh the stuff that garrett richards brings mm, that's stuff that he used to bring for sure yeah yeah I'm, i've got another i've got another hot take here hit me with this hot take right now if the Red Sox, well, when the Red Sox make the playoffs, right? Usually it's a four-man rotation. I think that we could see a rotation of Chris Sale. Wait, Chris Sale's ready to go? Well, by October, I think we will. See yeah, that. but Chris did Sale. you see his start in A Portland? Oh, my gosh. That was electric. Sorry to cut in. He, but- he, he, I am, I'm so – no, no, no. I am very excited for him to come back. Like, like we've had this, we've been talking about this ever since we started the show. Like, like when is Chris Sale going to come back? And I think we've all been a little bit nervous. Like, is he going to be the Chris Sale from the past? And I know it was one double A start, but through a no hitter, three and two thirds innings. I think he had six strikeouts. Um, I think he allowed one, one walk, but I mean, come on. He, he was still pumping that fastball, high 90s. Slider looked good. Okay, I mean, you're basically adding a, one of the top 10 pitchers in the game to your roster for free. I mean, when he was healthy prior to his injury, he was for sure a top, I'd say, five pitcher in the league. I'd say the top, top, three, top two pitcher in the American League. In the American League, for sure. Maybe holding hands with Justin Verlander at the top. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, continue your, your rotation playoff, whatever. So, again, I think that uh, – and we got to talk about the trade deadline here in a minute too because I think that things get interesting with that too. But as of right now, I don't think Garrett Richards is going to be on the postseason roster. And I don't think that Martin Perez is going to be on the postseason roster. You don't think Martin Perez is going to be on the roster at all? I don't think so. I maybe as a long relief option, but right now there are five starters ahead of both of those guys. As long as, as long as everybody stays healthy, who I think it goes, Chris sale goes Avaldi, It goes Erod. And then it goes Pavetta. Hauk is your first guy out of the pen, or maybe he makes an extra start there. And then obviously you got, you got a pretty solid bullpen, or maybe you throw Perez in the bullpen instead of like Yaxel Rios. I don't know, but. I don't really see a way right now that Garrett Richards is making the postseason roster. Perez is more 50-50 in my book, but especially if we acquire another pitcher at the deadline, like I think Richards has got two more two more months on this roster and then, you know, sign our send him off to, to Wyoming. 
Awesome. Um, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I would be hesitant. I would like for Houck to be that fifth guy, um, but just where his, his inexperience is there, I think he's the most talented out of those names that you mentioned of himself, Perez, and Richards. I think he's most talented by far, but I just think his lack of experience, and there's a certain pecking order too. I just think he kind of gets the boot. I think he's for sure a multi-inning reliever in the playoffs. I think that yeah. that the bare minimum we're going to see and baseball is weird in a sense where you don't know who's going to be available come October. You just don't. A lot of things could happen. And I think that if and when Tanner Houck's number is called, what is he number like 89? That's weird. But if and when he is called on, I think he's going to perform. And like you, one of you guys just said, our bullpen is, Got some solid options between Hauk, Whitlock, Salamora, yeah. Matt Barnes, Ottavino, even Josh Taylor is a top lefty reliever this year. We are looking pretty solid for the future. Solid. And that can kind of bring us into the trade deadline. Pretty solid. And what should the Red Sox do before this trade deadline hits? Anything? Trade for Anthony Rizzo. I would think that I've heard his name. I've heard his name around a couple times. I would like that. I think he would be a good piece in Boston, but I almost think that that's a little. He. I almost just don't think it's going to happen. You know, he'd be coming home. He would be, but I don't think Boston is going to make the biggest splash. Like we've seen, we've seen Tampa make a splash so far. I don't think that. All right. Before I say this, I don't I'm not saying pro or negative Anthony Rizzo, but I don't think Anthony Rizzo is necessarily that big of a splash that he would have been two or three, even four years ago. I think he's a pretty average first baseman and he but he's a lefty bat. He's a veteran leader, and I think he'd really would bolster our lineup a little bit, but I don't think he's that big of a splash necessarily. Yeah, I mean Certainly, he's not as big as he was two, three years ago when he was making the all-star team and was one of the best first basemen in baseball. But I guess it just depends on the Cubs' price. Like, I don't know how dedicated they are to rebuilding this whole thing. Um, so, they haven't shipped off. They probably are going to ship off a bunch of pieces. I think they're going to be a full sell, yeah. I will say, I mean, I imagine that they're going to be a full sell but because that the Cubs are always the team that you hear. Kimbrell is almost – automatically getting traded because he's too good for that team right now. And then Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are that same, like they're so tied to the Cubs. So it just depends on if the Cubs put, you could throw Javi Baez in those names too. I mean, Javi Baez, I just don't think he's going to get traded though. I feel like there would have to be, there would have to be a serious skid because Anthony Rizzo isn't a great first base. He's an excellent first baseman anymore. And then Chris Bryant is probably out the door soon. So well, you, those guys are more motivated to move, but Javi Baez, he's kind of the corner piece. Yeah. Look, well, here are Anthony Rizzo's numbers. He's a six foot three first baseman, lefty hitter. Obviously, we all know this. He's 241 with 11 home runs, 35 RBIs, and a 761 OPS. 
this season in about 300 at-bats, give or take a couple. His OBP, let me find it real quick because that's an important stat. His OBP is pretty good at 342, kind of makes up for his lower average, and he's a plus defender at first base. The question is, what are we, as the Boston Red Sox, willing to give up for a 31-year-old Anthony Rizzo who has been on a steady decline for the past few years? I don't know that that's that's the other thing is like if the Cubs are willing to sell, what's the price? And I don't know that Hein Bloom is one of those guys that's going to go out and try and get some veteran 31-year-old declining first baseman. Like I almost think that he would rather take some really cheap piece, not like cheap piece, but cheaper piece at first base. And then yeah, have, I, have them in Dahlbeck platoon. Yeah, I, I yeah, because Dahlbeck is solid against um I can't remember if it's lefties. Lefties, yeah, lefties. But I think you're making a good point in that Heim Bloom is going to be able to find the Boston Red Sox a first baseman that is going to produce extremely similarly to Anthony Rizzo. Right. Or the fraction of the cost. That being said, would you be willing to, and I already know what my answer is, would you be willing to trade a guy like Jeter down straight up for Anthony Rizzo? No. I wouldn't either. No. But I've seen people float that idea around because if you do look at Jeter and Gardner's trying to get back because he got dropped, I'll let him back in in a second. If you look at Jeter Downs' performance, he's been kind of on a plateau this year and kind of almost on a down slant. It's not, I'm not going to call it a decline and he's still young and I'm not worried about him in the grand scheme of things, but there are people that are saying that his value is going to be the highest it's ever going to be right now at this trade deadline and you should dump him right now. I don't personally think that's the case. And I think that he is going to probably need at least one more year in uh in triple a to really get to the place where you need him to be to be an mlb caliber player yeah there's almost there's almost no rush either because you have arroyo who's playing really well outside of injuries and then kike you can slot in at second um and he's only around for one more year after this so i figure another year in in triple a for downs wouldn't be the worst thing in the world um because it's not like you it's not like you have a dire need at second base that you need filled. Yeah. And people I've seen his age question too, and that he'll be age 24 by the time he is well ready on that timetable. I don't think that's that old. No, or, that's fine. I mean, you can still Devers. You're not coming up before you're at least 23. I think. Yeah. You can still carve out at least, I mean, you have six years until you're 30 and then you figure like 31, 32. It's kind of where you, dip off a little bit, but you're still a good player. So you figure he has eight solid years at 24 years old. Who knows where the the trend is going to be in 2030 on how long players are lasting the league. Who knows? Maybe it's a lot longer at that point. I know. Right. Gardner, catch you up to speed real quick. I'm not going to spend too much time. What's up? I'm back. So we were talking about Anthony Rizzo. You're a little frozen right now, so – we're talking about Anthony Rizzo. Hopefully you hear me. I'm only going to explain it once. Yeah, we, I know. I, I was, yeah, we don't, I can hear you. Can't see you, but I can hear you. 
All right. We don't think that Heim Bloom necessarily should trade for Anthony Rizzo as he is an aging first baseman who has been on a steady decline for the past few years. He's 31, hitting 240 with 11 home runs and 303 at-bats. His OBP is pretty decent at 340. It's a decent clip. But we think that Heim Bloom is the type of guy who's going to go out and get a much cheaper option at first base for a similar production value as Anthony Rizzo. So we're kind of out on Anthony Rizzo coming to Boston, but you seem like you were pretty mm-hmm. high on it. Well, I mean, I would love for them to get him again. Like, again, I just think he fits the mold perfectly, especially if it's only for a year, because I can't remember if his con- like what his contract deal is. But again, I'm not willing to give up a, a Tristan Casas or like a, a Nick Decker or Blaze Jordan. What about a Jeter Downs? You know, if we could send like our 27th ranked prospect, what a Jeter Downs? No, not sending. I'm not sending any of those guys for Anthony Rizzo. Okay. I, I think that uh, I would send some lower level pitching prospects and, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Cubs bite. But again, it's not. Uh, it's not like a like a must do. I think this team is fine without him, but I think he would greatly benefit this team. And he's he's the name that kind of sticks out to me. But in the long run, doesn't like I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I agree with that. I also have this thought: where would you guys be willing to trade a Tristan Casas level prospect for Anthony Rizzo and Craig Kimbrell, or slash? maybe not quite Casas, but less than that for Anthony Rizzo and, and uh, uh, Ryan Tepera, I believe. Is that how you say his name? He's been pretty solid this year. Both pretty decent bullpen arms. In Kimbrell's case, a really good bullpen arm this year. I mean, I think that makes more sense than a guy like Downs. Um, I think it makes more sense than a guy like Downs, just because you're not going to see a guy who's in double A for probably another three, four years. Um, and if you really want to make the push in the playoffs this year, then you need, and we've seen this for the last probably six years, seven years, that you need a, gr- a great bullpen to win. So I think if you can take a guy, like just one or two guys that are a little lower down in the rankings and throw them out for a year or probably, yeah, a year of Craig Kimbrell and whoever else you just mentioned, I think that that's a, a solid investment in your winning culture right now like sometimes you just have to make those sacrifices to win right now yeah and if you if we end up trading for I'm just gonna say if you do win right now it's automatically worth it but keep going right. yeah no a thousand percent but i was gonna say if you do trade for craig kimbrell who is the closer on this team i mean you just you just signed matt barnes to a two-year extension he made the all-star team and i get that craig kimbrell is you know, he's got shaping up to be a, a what is a possible Hall of Fame career. He was an oh, all-star no, he, all three years of on the Red Sox. He's, he's, a he's an all-star this year. You think already? Uh, without a doubt, he's already a top five closer of all time. Okay. Well, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I think you got to give him a couple more years on the Hall of Fame thing. But do, do you – like, because personally, I – can't believe I'm saying this, but I would almost rather trade for a, a good middle relief arm rather than Craig Kimbrell for two reasons. Number one, it would probably cost you a little bit less. And number two, that's a slap in the face to Matt Barnes, who just made the all-star team, just signed this extension. 
and again, like, do you bring Kimberlin to be your setup guy? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe they do, I mean, but I, I can't really see that. He's never, he's always closed in his career. I guess the way that I think about it is, I mean, yeah, you don't even need it closer, but I feel like he kind of slides into the seventh in probably the eighth inning role, actually. Like take what Ottavino is doing now and you bump Ottavino yeah, down to what Sawamore is doing. Okay, well, guys, this really circles back to what I, the guy I included with Craig Kimbrell, who would cost a fraction of Kimbrell's price, and that's uh, Ryan Tapera. He is a middle right. relief to long relief pitcher who has one save in the season. He is a righty, fat, mostly fastball cutter to seam for seam changeup. He's a 302 ERA right now in 41.2 innings pitch with 0.82 whip. I think he'd be a really solid option, but I would only go after him really if we were also going to get Anthony Rizzo because I think he might just cost too much for what I think he's worth, really. I think the Cubs would try and squeeze too much value out of him. I think we should uh, I think we should trade for, for uh, Brad Ziegler. Brad Ziegler? I believe is long. Been- yeah, bring him back to Boston. You think Gis- long retired? Junichi Tazawa is uh, still kicking around. He might do Junichi Tazawa is like he was so locked down when he was on the Sox. He might be. He was um, on that team forever one, too. I swear, like when I was a kid, he was he, on the team, and then up until a yep. couple of years ago, like he just disappeared for a couple of years. And I was like, oh, this guy's still on the roster. Yeah, he wasn't on the 2018 team, right? I think he left in 17. Yeah, I think he was done right before Definitely. that. Yeah. Uh, the other guy I have in mind in the bullpen, I think his name is what? Richard Rodriguez in the Pirates? Uh, I think so. I can look it up. Yeah. Um, I don't – I mean, obviously, I don't really pay that close attention to, to Pirates baseball. I don't know if he's their closer or not, but I know that, you know, obviously the Pirates are going to try and sell him. So he might be another arm that maybe you go after. Richard Rodriguez has a – Four and two record, a two six five ERA, thirty six games, thirteen saves, and thirty seven point one innings pitch with a point eight oh four whip. Pretty solid numbers. That's really good. But I mean, that's a guy who you know is not Craig Kimbrell. Who, when you bring him in, you can slot him into the to the setup role and not not feel bad about it. I mean, you think that Ottavino would take offense to you getting another setup guy, and then you would just cause more problems than you're fixing probably no i mean i'm not a huge fan of trading for kibrell just because of that like the bullpen has been rolling especially from like seventh inning on so if you're taking a guy like craig kimbrell and throwing him in there then matt barnes is probably pissed because you just traded for another closer Ottavino's pissed because his job gets bumped back and then everybody down the line further than that is getting there is getting demoted too so I mean, nobody other than Craig Kimbrell really wins in this situation. Because Ottavino's numbers are extremely comparable to this guy, Richard Rodriguez. And the thing about Richard Rodriguez is, is he's pitching in the NL. So yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that pitching in the NL really, really is different than pitching in the AL. And it's a lot easier. Yeah. No, I agree. You know who the last bullpen arm who we traded for from the NL was? Drew Pomerantz. No, it was uh, it was Addison Reed in 2017. We got him from from the Mets, I believe. And who did we have in the bullpen at that time? So we had Kimbrel, we had Tazawa, maybe. 
Yeah, Barnes. Trying to think who else would have been 17. Uh, Hembry, maybe? Yeah. Hembry. Brandon Workman? Yeah, maybe Workman. But, again, they brought in Addison Reed to be, like, the the premier setup guy for that team. And he ended up, you know, kind of stinking it up. And then he was never to be seen again. So, um, you know, honestly, I feel – I look at it from the perspective as it's the guy's – the guy who's coming in, it's his job to prove himself. So uh, I'm given, you know, the priority on the team to the guys who are already there, giving them more innings. Um, and, you know, that guy's got to prove himself that he, he can belong on the team because if you're the Red Sox, you're bringing in, you know, whichever X player to come in and make an impact for the playoffs to push this team deep. You know, this is not, this is not Pittsburgh where we're just, you know, playing games because we have to. No, I agree with that. I think that that should be how it is, too, unless you're really trading for one of the premier closers in the league, like when we traded for Kimbrell, or I guess we yeah. said, no, we traded for Kimbrell. Um, yeah, we traded for him. Unless we're trading for, like, that guy, like that dude undisputedly in the league is that dude, I think you're right, and they should have to earn their spot in the t- in the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, but, like, look at Kimbrell. That was one we needed to fill a need. We'd missed the playoffs two years in a row. I mean, Koji wasn't really cutting it. Uh, I mean, I know he was unbelievable in 13, but like 14, 15, like he was still good, but like wasn't cutting it as a closer and he was getting older. Uh, so, you know, you know, you bring in Kimbrell then, perfect. But like, again, now mid-season two, I just, I don't, I don't really think it, it fits all that well. I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page right now. Like, I, I think this team is going to make a move. I think that they're leaning bullpen. It's either going to be a first baseman or a bullpen pitcher. I think those are like the two big options right now. I think they're going to make one move. I don't really know who, because like Heim really just like pulls guys out of thin air sometimes. So I can't really predict. I can't really like predict a name right now for, uh, for the listeners to kind of like go up and look. But I mean, I think by this time next week, well, this time next week will be what? The 30th. So this will be the day. We'll, we'll probably be having some some more heavy rumors, and and we'll see. But I would be okay. I don't think it would be the best idea, but I would be okay if this team didn't make a move. I mean, yeah. I think they have to make something. Um, I don't know that Craig Kimbrell's the answer, or, nor is Anthony Rizzo really, but I think that you need a guy like – maybe this is a poor comparison, but somebody like Steve Pierce, who it would be hard to replicate – his performance in 2018, but a guy like that who can come in and isn't going to be an everyday first baseman, but can come in and provide some power, provide a good, a good outing when he comes out and isn't going to cost you a fortune. Like, I think that if the Sox make yeah. a move, they're going to make something like that. And in, in a perfect world, we do get 2018 world series, Steve Pierce in a perfect world. That would be the case. Right. But I don't know if it's going to work out. I that still way. can't believe he won world series MVP. Probably should have been David Price, but that's neither here nor there, and we're probably not going to talk about it right now. So, no, no, don't need to talk about David Tinglefingers. All right, should we move into some of the other segments? Like, yeah, got any notes, Clausen? Um, I got one. There was a video going around after All Star Weekend of I think we just lost Gardner. No, he he's good. Oh, um, I'm just looking at my notes. Sorry. Ah, there was a video going around 
of a bunch of guys. I think it was during like BP. They were like shagging balls. I think it was Devers, Bogarts, Vlad Jr. Maybe there was somebody else. They were talking about they were all getting on the bus and they go and they're like talking to everybody and they go by Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is just like straight face. Didn't say anything to him. Like, I think they were like, hey, what's up? And he just didn't say anything back. I expected nothing less out of Garrett Cole. But I figured Coley actually had a tweet. He said it should be like a crime if you don't say anything back to Rafi. And I agree. That is a crime. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. The Yankees aren't even that good. You're getting smoked by the Red Sox. Like, smoked by the Red Sox. You want to hear something kind of funny speaking about Garrett Cole? Is it the mailbox story? No, it's not the mailbox okay. story. Well, I mean, we, I mean, I've told that, I've told that story before. Obviously, Garrett Cole lives in Connecticut. I live in Connecticut, and recently, I found out that there's a store, um, you know, in Connecticut, somewhere in Connecticut, not too far from where I live, but it's called For Pete's Sake, and I think that they should get Garrett Cole to be the sponsor. That would be a great. You remember when like Dustin Pedroia used to do the Sullivan Tire commercials? Yeah, they should do that for for Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a must 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 do advertisement. They definitely don't have the budget for it, but I mean, it's all right. Garrett Cole's got enough money. He doesn't to need it. the money. Yeah, exactly. You just rub the Yankees at three hundred thirty million. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Um, um, my last, so, my yeah. only other note is I'll be going to Perez Day on Sunday. Yeah. Hey. I just realized that it was Perez on the mound. I was trying to trying to map it out. I was looking to see if Garrett Cole would be on the mound, and it's not. Um, Shermingo German. German? And, and um, Perez. German's pitching? It Have sounds a good like time, Colossus. Huh? Have a good time. I will. Yeah. You know, I'm actually not going to have a good time. Just be miserable. If the Red Sox lose on Sunday, that'll be the first time that all season any of us were at a game where they lost. So make sure that doesn't happen. Garner, I think you saying that just jinxed it. Probably. What else is there? Wait, what? When any of us are thinking blown, we have not lost. Is that what you just said? Yeah, because Steve, you're five yeah, and zero. Yeah, I'm five and zero. And I'm, and I are both one and zero. I'm two and zero. Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah, right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Put that one out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, I completely blocked that one out. It was a tough, tough day. Um, but uh, yeah, so go, go, socks, go, socks. That's all uh, I got. Now what? Outscore impact player of the week. Yeah, there was there was definitely some impact this week. I'm gonna go um, first, if that's okay with you guys. Go for it. And I'm gonna go with Kike Hernandez because uh, he just is straight banging in the leadoff spot. He's three home runs this week, and it's hard to replicate such a good performance like that. And I don't think you're gonna find it anywhere else. So with that being said, I'm going to give Kike a pretty good score at 0.89. I was hoping you were going to drop that by 0.2. I know. I know. I thought about it. But then I was like, Kike deserves a better, (laughs) higher score. He certainly does. 
Austin? I wanted to say Kike, too. Then say it. I mean, he's just been, like, the best player on the team recently. Yeah, one of, if not. He's just been he's been so clutch. I want to say Kike, but I don't know. I feel like I can't. I feel like you definitely can. It's just... It, You're dude, allowed to. I know I'm allowed to, might- but it just makes it so much more boring. Like, I'd rather have a different pick. Yeah, Brownie, you got think, one? Uh, they won the game for us last I time? got one. Yeah. I got one. Uh, I have no stats available to me right now because I'm on my phone. Uh, so my Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week has gone to, to Kanye West, who gets a zero for not dropping his album last night. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> keep, Sox keep running games. All right, Clawson, you got to pick somebody. I, it's pick hard, him. man. I was, I was... Clawson, pick, pick the Seattle Kraken for taking someone from the, the Bruins. They stole they... a player from every team. Who'd they take? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lawson. He's not bad, right? Future Hall, the only active Hall of Famer on the Bruins. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. They they committed literal theft from all thirty NHL teams <laughs> besides the Golden Knights. Literal theft. Um, I'll go Tanner Houck. <laughs> all right. I'll give him like a five-five. A what? Five, five five. A point five five. Yes. Okay. Good. Jesus. <laughs> a five. It's only July. Five. Yeah. It's only July. Okay. What? <laughs> That would have been way out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that no. Been, so I'll go Tanner Houck. How much impact doesn't even exist? Tanner Houck, why? Uh, I'm going to – well, he won the game – well, uh, no, he didn't win the game last night. But he had four innings pitched, went into the fifth, no earned runs, eight Ks, which is a lot. Um, and then he came in for three innings against the Yankees earlier in the week, shut him down. Oh, wait, not an early in the week. Was that – no, that was the the first. Yeah, game that was earlier in the week. First game yeah. of the series. Came in three innings, had a fantastic outing. So great things again from Tanner Houck. So I'm going to give him a point five five. Very nice. We've got a uh, one ask on bridge question this week. All right. Give you guys, we actually uh, we have one. Nice. Yeah, we do have one. Uh, anybody got a guess who it's from? Matt. Yeah, Matt. Uh, I gotta put another thing up. I gotta put another thing up on the story. Get some more questions from other people. Uh, He said, "Boys, quick question: Who's the last person in the world you would watch a Red Sox Yankees game with?" Pablo Sandoval. Next question. (laughs) You know what? I didn't even think about that, Um, but you're right. Yeah, probably Um, the kid who I didn't even know. And sorry, bad question. I'm gonna say Tony Larusa. So I feel like he would just be drunk by like the second inning, and he would just he would just talk about nonsense, and he would be I'm gonna so go with, boring uh, about it. So I'm gonna say Tony Larusa. That guy sucks. All right, I like that. I'm gonna go with uh, Joe Torre because I feel like he just is unbelievably biased towards the Yankees. So I feel like Actually, he would just, I mean, I would enjoy talking to him. I would like to make a second suggestion. I feel like just what? Yes. I'd like to make a second suggestion and say anybody from the Sunday Night Baseball ESPN crew. 
Because yeah, whenever, I was gonna whenever say the Yankees, I, I like them. Whenever the Yankees hit a ball out of the infield, it's like they're lining up the parade boats in New York. They're ready for the World Series. Like it's it's ridiculous. These guys don't know how to keep a rod. Oh, I know a rod the other night on Sunday Night Baseball. First of all, he was calling Garrett Cole a World Series champion in the first inning, which I was like, I had double check. I was like, he did not want a World Series, right? Uh, which he didn't. And then he was like. Not even joking around. He's like, if the Yankees could just trade for a guy like uh, Yelich or Trout, like they'd be so much better. It's like, yeah, no shit, A Rod. Like, <laughs> those guys are also locked up for the next right now. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, but they're both locked up for like the next eight years. And like, like they were talking about like Rizzo to the Red Sox or like Joey Gallo, and A Rod was like, I just, I just like to see the Yankees do more. And also, he's he's got the the biggest. Love for bunting I've ever seen, even though he – I don't think ever bunted in his career. Probably not. Probably, Probably not. Um, anybody got anything for Make Baseball Fun again? I got uh, something to close at the ninth. No. Clawson, is you are closing out the ninth about a team in Ohio? No. Okay, let's um, talk about that quickly. Oh, I, actually, if you got something, go for it. Yeah, my one thing is that I'm glad to hear that your modern Mercedes is playing baseball again. Because no. for, for a short period of time, he announced his retirement on Instagram. and then That was wild. Immediately was back in the lineup the next day. So I don't really know what happened. <laughs> it was classic, um, classic fuck this, I quit. Oh, wait, pretty I much. Really need this job. I mean, poor guy. He's been in the minors for like 10 years, gets a sniff of the majors, does great. And then Tony LaRusso can't wait to send him back down. No, he was hitting like 120 after April. Yeah, but I mean, Tony LaRusso ruined him. Wrecked him. Yeah. Well, didn't didn't they say he did some like mental stuff to him? Or? I don't know, man. I believe it. Like, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, I'm glad to, um, glad to hear post- that your mom Mercedes didn't actually quit baseball because that dude is a monster. Yes, I agree. I agree. That was kind of crazy to see last night. Um, and real quick before closing out the ninth, we've got finally a name for the Cleveland Indians. Drum roll, please. Is it the Cleveland Indians? It is not the Indians. They're actually they're they're going to get a new name. What is it? And it is. The Guardians. That's so similar. Yeah, I know. Indians, Guardians. I wonder. It's almost like they chop match over like all of their branding like (laughs) things. They're just gonna cover up Indians or like the first part and just gonna put Guardians. Honestly, I think that would sell better than the logo that they have right now. Like really ugly. The logo they have right now looks like they went into Microsoft Word clip art and found a baseball and what is it, like a G with a wing? Yeah. Weird. And yeah, and just slapped it on. I like that they're – I don't know if I like it or not. I think it's – I'll say it's interesting that they're using like the same font and like same jersey style as the Indians jerseys, but just like with Guardians – It's the exact it, same, but instead of Indians, it says Guardians, and there's a dumb yeah. Looks like it's a double-A affiliate of the Cleveland Indians, to be honest with you. It's fine. I mean, 
There was kind of no great option, except for the Lindors. Yeah. I would have preferred like I, rockers. Rock and roll. That would have been Cleveland Rockers. That would have been yeah. It's probably the best choice I've heard. Oh, could you imagine if Kumar ended up with the like the the Rockers? That would be kind of funny. It says Rockers on the front, Rocker on the back. Yeah, that would have been sweet. Yeah, I mean, even I was kind of coming along to to liking the the Spider name. Like, I didn't hate that. Yeah, the Spiders um, just would have been like a bad bad homage. That team was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That team was not good. Um, but overall, I will say that I don't, I don't hate the name. I mean, obviously, change is weird. And I'm trying to think what what was the last team to change their name in the MLB? Was it the Devil Rays to the Rays? Yeah, yeah. Been. Was there anything like more significant than that though? The Expos to the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. That I guess that was it. Yeah, but that was like a whole city change though. Yeah, I was going to say, has there been a full rebrand of a team, like, ever? Like, who hasn't moved cities? Well, I know the Red Sox were the Braves originally, right? Yep. But, like, it's, like, pre, like, the only thing that I can think of relatively was the the New Orleans Pelicans, or the Hornets switching to the Pelicans in the NBA. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Re-emerging. Right. In Charlotte, once again, from as the, they were the Bobcats before, that was a confusing process. It was a weird, weird time. Weird, but yeah. So it'll be, it, it's going to be weird. Like I'm, I feel like most people are still going to call them Indians. Uh, it's going to take some getting used to, but uh, yeah. Now I'm curious to see what the the new Redskins or Washington Football Team name will be. Just stay Washington Football Team. <laughs> I I'm kind of digging sense. it now. Yeah, me too. I know. Why not? I like um, all right. There's, simpli- like, there's beauty and simplicity. I agree with that. But the, the logo is almost like too not simplistic. It just looks stupid. Yeah, it's just dumb. I don't get it. But like whatever. Uh, maybe I'm it doesn't it doesn't doesn't, it doesn't already- look like it's gonna No, no, yeah. What even I don't I don't really get that homage to the city somebody said there's like a guardian statue in front of the bridge to cleveland i've never been to cleveland, like, what's but... the guy in the suit gonna look like show me that and then i'll get on board like what's yeah. what's their wally gonna look like you know oh oh okay yeah now we're talking um i feel like i had one other thought on this oh the only other thing is i i, I feel like the logo just is not gonna look good like when you go to like a, a bar or something or anywhere else where they have like those like posters of like, you know, all 30 MLB logos or like, you know, wherever branding for the league, like it's just going to look out of place. I feel like it literally looks like a double A affiliate, but I, I don't yeah. No, I agree. Anyways, uh, we got any closing out the nine thoughts. That's it. Uh, no. Nothing. Um, no, I'm trying to think I thought I had anything. something, but I didn't. I started reading the book Moneyball. Very interesting. Um, Better than the movie. Very similar to the movie. Yeah. The movies, I mean, the best baseball movie of that time. But besides the Sandlot, it's, uh, it's right right up there with the Sandlot. But uh, yeah, no, it's a good book. I've been uh, been enjoying reading that in uh, in my tree here with my bison. And uh, 
Go Sox. Go Sox, kid. Go Sox. So, anyway, if you enjoyed what you're listening to, don't forget to download on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. I guess you can download on Google Podcasts, too, if you if you want to. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gombridge Podcast and Twitter at Gombridge. We'll be back next week with a regular setup and episode 43. See ya. <laughs>